I'm so happy to be here this morning. The Lord is kind and merciful to me to allow me to bring the word this month. Well, I'll share the month with someone else. Uh, but this morning, uh, the Lord has been good. And I know that uh, he will allow us to hear his word and what he has prepared for us. Of course, it's what month? Lament. And the sermon is on? Relationships. Come on. Someone say it strongly. Relationships. It's a month of relationships, right? But then we'll come to what we are calling this month for us. So let me say, there are several people who will be hearing me this morning. You're married, happily, joyous, and you might think this sermon is all about me. Me, I'm quite happy in the situation I am. You're single and seeking to date. This is your sermon also. They're married, I said it's still your sermon. Single and you're saying not interested in dating. And I'm saying, please, do not disengage anybody who feels that relationship month. Do not disengage. One of the reasons I'll say that is because we have believed you are a community. We have accepted that we live in community. And to live a limitless life, to be your brother's keeper, whatever you hear, it may not be for you, but it may be for someone. So listen with the ear of being in a community, in being in a family. If a point is not yours, mark it down and say, eh, this one I know who might need to hear about it. So ask the Lord this morning to help you engage and to stay alert and not to miss what the Lord has for you this morning, either for you or for where the Lord is leading you to. Amen? So let me start with a question. Uh, five years ago, even pre-COVID, what is the situation of our relationship? Are they better? Have they gotten better? Hands up. Better. Better. Huh? No, like compared to what you knew before, like five years ago. So in the last couple of years, what, are you, what do you see when you look at relationships? Have they gotten better? Is there more good stuff going on? It's going worse. That is going to? <laughs> That's true. Imagine it actually has gotten worse. You know, one of the things we keep talking about as pastors is that even us as pastors, when here guys have been married for 10 years, we actually even start celebrating. Like we have become that hungry just 10 years. The Lord is good. Like it's such a big deal nowadays when someone actually gets to 10 years. So you're right. Our relationships have been going. They have been going what? Yeah, remember I, I am healed, but I need a response before ni walali apa. Um, I just lay down nice, I tell you. We have already had testimony, prayer, can you say it? But we must say, bring the word. <laughs> so what, the situation, let me give you some situation of what we know currently of uh, relationships that are around us. So I don't know, you can tell me whether you know this one. Young people no longer know how to relate with real people. Is it true? Like they are struggling for real. Most young men today, even women, I actually know women, are addicted to porn and are on sex on the internet. Is it true? Has it become the thing? Uh, among many people, even the young and the old, many see relationship as the key to getting the lifestyle they want. It's become about getting the lifestyle. True or false? 
I mean, it's common to hear about sugar daddies and sugar mummies uh, with people with their age mates, kids. Sponsors, thank you very much. Actually, there's someone who wanted me to be a sponsor. Hello? Is it called inbox or DM? Sparks will judge me. DM? DM. So this guy, I better get through this sermon. Pastor Jack told me, keep your stories short. Last week, <laughs> I really hope I get there, but I'll get through it. So this guy, let me just give you a small one. He DMs me, sincerely speaking. I even asked him, you have gone through my profile because you're actually telling me this picture is so amazing. This nini nini, I want to be with you. You have seen pictures of three people in that in that, uh, what is it called, page. Did you see one who looks like your age? Because I even asked how old he said, I'm 24. I said, child of mine. <laughs> My oldest is your age, mate. <laughs> Do you know what he told me? Who can guess what he told me? Ati? The other thing he said, he's actually, it doesn't matter. He told me it doesn't matter. You're the woman for me. Like, if I would open my phone, you guys would. And I'm like, wow. I mean, hello. It, well, the white hairs are not showing on the pictures probably, but still, it's too amazing. Do you guys know also the other thing that is happening? Uh, open marriages. How many guys know of their friends who are having open marriages? Or people you've had are having open marriages? I mean, it's there. It's really there. You know what open marriages are? We get married, we have agreed, but it's okay for you to have someone else and it's okay for me to have someone else. In fact, the thing that is coming to our country very soon is polyamorous. Is it called poly? Yeah, it's actually going to land here. When I see the woman, it is here. But it's here already. Walala, into in trouble. The other thing is that it happens that many marriages are ending within the first year or two. Like cheating in marriage is an at all time high. Not to mention domestic violence. Do you guys feel me? I mean, children are now growing up without no role models. I mean, you can blame them for being on the internet and all these other things. But sincerely speaking, when you look at our homes, are they role models? Are kids actually getting children getting role models? with the way we communicate. Uh, and I know these are the extremes, but there are other ways, even subtly, that they look like major, but we are still not being good role models to our, to the next generation. So the question we are going to answer today is, does God care? I mean, we God, God cares about healing, he will provide for you and whatever, but does God care about relationship? Does he care about relationship? Does he care about who you date, how you date, and who you eventually marry? I can tell you, people who have been married here for long can tell you, the person you marry affects everything about your life. See, June Ranja is, is nodding. June and Andrew Ranja have a testimony. It affects. It's true, isn't it? I mean, you agree. It does affect everything about your life. It affects your finances. It affects how you raise your children. It affects your faith, what faith you're going to go to, what church. Are we people of faith to begin with? It affects how you raise your children. Have I said that? It affects everything. Do you agree? 
Singles, we're being told it affects everything. Me, I can tell you it does. It affects everything. So is God concerned? Yes, he is. The Lord God, and we have said, he, you know what I love about Brenda? Someone shared with me during the week, and they said, I, I didn't know we can pray about the road. But I saw that prayer there. I said, yeah, Linda, and I checked it. So Linda was like, I can pray about my toe. But that's what it means, that the Lord is concerned about everything. Everything about us. So he is concerned about our relationships. And one of the things he has, he has provided, even in his word, what we should know. The wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, wrote an entire book of the Bible about relationships. We see them in wedding cards. Those days of wedding cards, these are not our wedding cards. Benson, hallelujah. Only too much wedding cards. And then with Bible verses from Songs of Solomon. We will not say which ones those days probably. Me, I know which one I would have chosen. But Jesus saved me. Solomon, in Solomon it says, in Songs of, Sol Songs, of Songs, chapter 8, verse 67, For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy and yielding as the grave. Hey. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. That is Songs of Songs, chapter 8, verse 6. Did you guys hear? Until love is as strong as? Don't mess with love. Yeni, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, was like, do not mess with? And we must agree, he had experience. He knows what he's talking about. So we all know his uh, journey in this area of relationships. So this month we'll be looking at some scriptures and see how they impact our dating relationships. And our series is definitely called now Relation Sleeps. Relation Sleeps. How to avoid sabotaging your relationships. Amen? Father, we ask this morning that your word will be true. That, Father, Lord, that each one of us will take something from this word that you have prepared for us this morning. That it will not only benefit us, but, Father, Lord, because we are living in a world where we are saying we are disciples, we are evangelizing, that, Father, Lord, this is also be a word that we can use to bless someone else. So we welcome into this space. You have been here with us. May our spiritual ears be open. May we be engaged. May we hear your word for us in Jesus' name. Amen. So remember what I said in the beginning. Dating and hoping to be married, it is for you. There are lessons for you. Already married, there are lessons for you. Singles, there are lessons for you. Divorced and separated, there are lessons for you. Let me tell you the, the first relationship someone I had in Mavuno was Pastor Emma and Pastor Carol, Finders Keepers in 2009. For two months, in the middle of a separation and divorce, I wailed every Sunday, but I checked in every Sunday. But then it helped me process my journey. It really did. And for years, I remember many things from that sermon. So that it allowed me to say, okay, Sawa, this is even how me as a parent will be able to posture my children. So me, I went this way, but there is redemption in Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. There is redemption in Jesus. So we begin our series by exploring five common mistakes when looking for a marriage partner. So take notes, um, and please feel free to share them with someone else. 
So number one mistake, which I truly believe in, they trust their feelings. Yeah, you trust your feeling. It's true. In today's society, there's one message that has been so drummed into us from childhood that we all instinctively believe it's true. It is Disney and Hollywood movies. Disney and Hollywood movies. In many of the popular books we read and, hits, and also hit songs we listen to. What were Mills and Boons? Mkwapa? Now, it's even common, quite common in blogs and, and podcasts. We have upgraded how this information is being given out. It's so prevalent that even Christians have come to believe that this message must be from the Bible. I mean, it sounds good. Have you so guys seen when they, it's written, trust your feeling? You know, it's, you, yeah, you can't go wrong. And it looks so nice when it's been posted. Honestly, it sounds like gospel. And this message is listen to your, listen to your heart. Go with your gut. Do what feels right to you in your situation. How many, know, how many guys have heard that? Isn't it? Trust your instincts and your emotion. Trust them. You can take them to the bank. The advice to follow your heart or trust your instincts comes from the belief that your heart is a kind of compass within you that will offer you direction to your own true north. Me, I know I believed this one time. Right? Me, I keep saying I'm a redeemed child of Jesus Christ. Only if you're brave enough to follow it is what you're told. That you can, it's your true north, but you need to be brave enough to follow it. Um, in relationship, this belief implies at your heart that your heart is your authentic guide that will lead you to happily ever after, to the marriage of your dreams, to the spouse with whom you'll spend the rest of your blissful life with. Vanessa. So you believed it at one point. You even sang it. You even sang those songs and moved people with them. The belief also assures you that your heart can and will save you. Because whenever you are lost, you have everything within you to help you find your way again. Just listen to your, just listen to your heart, people. Hmm? You know all, this, all those phrases we, we say to each other, I feel this is right. Let me tell you, girls like to sit in corners. I feel this is right. Do men tell each other these things by the way? Should have done research with men. Mutahi, what do you guys say? I feel this is right. <laughs> it's okay even if you felt it was right. The Lord is kind. It was right. <laughs> I feel this is the one. My heart tells me I found Mr. Right. My heart says I found Miss Right. My world is sorted. And then the other one, the heart wants what it wants. Ish. The heart wants what it? Hey, me, I love that one, by the way. I can tell you that's a line for everyone who wants to have an affair. The heart wants what it wants. It wants that sort in my notes. Oh, Lord. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is true. It sounds so innocent, simple, and very liberating. Don't you agree? I mean, it really does sound right. But is it true? Can your own heart really offer the all-important guidance on choosing a life partner? Can it be the ultimate rule, the ultimate guide, the ultimate compass? Can it be? 
God's words tells us the exact opposite. You're right, it doesn't. Listen to these words by Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And there we are, my compass. Eh? My compass is my heart. Far from being a trustworthy guide, the heart is the most deceitful thing that exists. And worse, it is incurable. It cannot be cured. It can't be cured. So Jeremiah is saying, don't rely on your gut feelings. This morning, just don't rely on your gut feelings. Even for married people, that's what I'm saying. Listen with you. Because sometimes you treat your spouse according to your gut feelings. According to your heart. But we're saying it is deceitful. It is deceitful. Hmm? Matthew 5, 18 says, uh, Matthew, 5, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, this is what Jesus said. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and this defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You're single there and saying, my heart will guide me. Or even last night, there was like a girl's night somewhere and people were just celebrating how their heart is right. Far from being an innocent, innocent relationship guide, your heart as a fallen human being is the major source of the issues that will sabotage your relationship. That is a fact. That is truly a fact. Because if the heart is deceitful and you're following your feelings, and we have been told from out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, death, false testimony, slander. Even for the married, where the words come out that will come out of your mouth. It came from your heart. Where you decide to be a certain way, to say certain things in certain tones. And here we were, thinking that the heart is a source of all things that are good. Good people, your heart is deceptive. Somebody say, my heart is deceptive. Truly it is. Trusting it has landed many people in deep trouble. And many married people have entered into affairs, as I said, that destroyed their marriages precisely because of listening to their hearts. The heart wants what it wants. You all know I've written a book. The heart is not so... Hallelujah, hallelujah. So me, I know what we are saying. It's been proven. Where the feelings can sort of sensitize you, you know, but it's not the compass, it's not the ultimate. That's what we are saying. Hmm? You know, I read somewhere the other day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm those people who need that timer now. That the reason the heart is on the left it's because it's not always, imagine, that was a quote. <laughs> that the reason the heart is, not on, is on the left is because it's not always right. So mistake number one is trusting your feelings. Trusting your, that's mistake number one. Mistake number two, we major on the minors. Many people make, when, uh, when looking for a spouse, is that they focus 
yeah, what did I want to say? Many people make a mistake when they're looking for a spouse is that they focus on the wrong things when dating. People tend to spend the majority of their time on the minors, the things that are of the least importance. Uh, I mean, when you watch any, as I said, the Hollywood movies, what were Hallmark, was that December? Ish. If Pastor Angie was here, I would tell you what she watches. December is Hallmark month for her. Yeah? And you quickly learn that the most important things in a marriage partner is how they make you feel, how funny they are, how attractive they look, how well they are doing in their career, you know, many other things. And so we instinctively also look for these things when we are sizing up our potential dating partner. As guys of Mizambuza, I don't know, you know the pictures used to be like, uh, nene, chesty, chesty. Uh, Lida is nodding. Eh? So when you're dating uh, somebody, somebody like this comes, you're like, mm -mm. the picture does not look like what I saw. Let me give you some examples of what the ladies look for. Is he taller or shorter than me? Purity. Your sister over there, Helen, is he taller or shorter than me? Does he live with his parents? Is he financially unstable? And this financially unstable, let me tell you, men, where the ladies, Nini, uh, does he borrow money from me? All the time. It becomes now he's financially unstable. He's not even going back. <laughs> Brenda, hey, may the Lord help you. Does he smell bad or have bad grooming? Hmm? Is he unfaithful? Does he have a harem of girls around him? Hmm? You know, Pastor Nick, this is why you shouldn't tell me sick, but hello, you gave me a mic. Pastor Nick, when I was meeting Pastor Angie, Pastor Nick had some girls. He was very good. June, you remember? He had many girls around him. He was a nice man. He liked me. People liked him. He's a nice man. He's really a good guy. And he's very helpful. Pastor Angie came and told me, hey, I think he even told him, dude, this will not work. This will not work. I think there's even one or two who had your kids to your house. Hala? Life group. Let me say life group members. Let me redeem you. <laughs> but that's what you are saying. It's very easy to be. Those are the things we are like on high alert on. For guys, does she have bad breath? And guys are like, eh? Hmm? Does she pay attention to her looks, figure, weight, sense of style? Anaka mama mama and you you yourself you yourself you can't wear anini you look like your father you're dressed but you want eh? the thing you're looking for eh? Naomi and it won't Naomi nani eh? that one is what you're looking for eh? you want a trophy wife Najimu Jayenda Hallelujah Sparks <laughs> Does she have social poise? Eh? Don't somebody, you know that's what Pastor Jack is waiting for. Let me tell you, let me free all of you. Anyway, I'm joking. Does she have social poise? Don't somebody who sips tea noisily. Choose loudly or picks her nose. Eh? Ranji is smiling. I think the men know these things. Can she cook well? This one I believe. It's a true guy thing. 
Guys never say this one, but they are watching out. It really matters. Even I know it matters. Is she interested in what I do? Can she listen to me when I need to be listened to? And this is a real fear because now women can talk. So the guy is like, hey, 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 will I get space? Will I be listened to? Hmm? Will I be listened to? Linda Duncan is smiling on that one. I don't know. Have you guys related on this? I know you have related on some of them. Have I missed one? Who has an extra one? Hmm? These things tend to be what many people used to gauge someone of the opposite sex, and many others. And truly, they make sense. Some of them make sense. They really do. I mean, who doesn't want a beautiful woman next to them? And I said beautiful is, uh, what is the word? It's the eyes of the beholder. It's not really at there's one type, which is a valid reason. You don't want an unfaithful chick or unfaithful guy. Valid reason. They sound like they make sense. They really do. But unfortunately, these are really not what should be the main focus. They should never be the main focus. A person can meet me or major checks and yet you land you in such a miserable marriage that you wish you were single. That was me. And I know many others. And some are still in the same marriages now. So what should we be focusing on instead? This is the wisdom that Paul gave in 2 Corinthians. This was a, Corinth was a city full of drama, relationship drama. I think Nairobi is benchmarking with Corinth. Nairobi Kotuapa. Eh? We think they don't read the Bible, but guys know the Corinth. So 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols for we are the temple of the living God? Let me repeat this verse. And I want you to go sit with it. Married or not, just sit with it. With the, this month... Pick a verse and just tell yourself, let me sit with this and see how do I evaluate myself. We're talking about relationships. If you forget everything else, don't forget the verses. Ask the Lord, let me sit with this. Reveal to me my part. Agreed? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. So what Paul is saying, he's really saying, is that we should be basing our, not be basing our attraction, we should not, we should be basing our attraction, I, my notes. He's saying the primary thing we should be basing our attraction on is not external looks or things, or things, external looks or things. You know, not material stuff, not what does he drive or doesn't drive. Is she employed in this high-profile job or not? Has she, you know, what is she? Is she a diploma, money graduate? Kuna mtu anagoja PhD. What anagoja P? Hey, I think Pastor Jack is on his way to his PhD. Was it PhD? Hmm? But on faith and values. What you should be asking yourself, what you should focus on. Do they share my faith? 
I'm not talking about what they say, but they, we are sort of about how we all say she's a Christian or he's a Christian. But does their life reflect a relationship with God? Truly, does their life, their life reflect a walk? Are they followers of Jesus Christ? Not just sayers of Jesus Christ. Are they followers? Do you share the same values? Do you share the same values? In the book, as I said, Finders Keepers, that was a whole sermon, and I think he, he, he did a book after that. Pastor M said, I hear it all the time. This is in the book. Let me read. I know he's not necessarily a Jesus follower, but he's a good guy. He's a good chick. He's kind and generous, and he doesn't smoke. I'm just using he, but it applies to both. Smoke or drink, because women smoke and drink. He's actually a lot nicer than a lot of Christian guys or women, I know. A lot nicer. But he's a lot nicer than a lot of Christian guys I know. And the same, at the time, it sounds logical. And probably is. But with time, the big issues will come up. Life happens. Life happens. You're unable to have children. One of you loses a job. If the one where you married and he was the one who was, or she had the superior job, loses the job. There's an accident or an illness in the family. There's a death in the family. Someone has an affair. Or there are just huge disagreements that can't resolve together. You can't resolve together. So what happens when one of you believes, um, one of you believes we need to pray together and trust God for answers, and the other believes prayer is a charming but irrelevant activity? It is nice. Let's pray for food, but that it is. It's just like a charming thing we do. Hmm? It's irrelevant. Or one of you wants to pay bribes to grow their business at all costs, but the other believes bribes bring down a curse on the family. I mean, Edgar and Jackie are united. We are not paying bribes. It's, it comes down to that. Is your, are you on the same value? One of you believes God hates divorce and you have no choice but to seek help and make it work. But the other believes that happiness is the highest value. And this thing just ain't working. Like happiness is the highest value. So if you are not happy, it's not working. And it gets really tiring to be the one who has to pray with the kids, take them to church. You're the only one who keeps seeking uh, reconciliation. Let's talk, let's find and explain why they shouldn't do what daddy or mom is doing. You're the only one who actually has to keep even raising your children by yourself. Let me tell you, even in the book, it doesn't matter now, but it will matter. It will matter later. It will matter later. So we need to remember that relationships are God's idea. They are God's idea. God intended for us to have thriving relationships that are enjoyable and fulfilling. Somebody say Amen. God intended for us to have thriving relationships that are enjoyable and fulfilling. And Father, I declare that Mavuno South Church members will have enjoyable and thriving, fulfilling marriages in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For them to be truly aligned to his plan, for God's plan, these relationships must serve and honor him. May your marriage serve and honor God. As you seek your marriage partner, 
may they at the point know I want to serve and honor God with my relationship. If you are nuclearly yoked, then the outcome will be like a vehicle where whose front is are trying to roll forward, the others are rolling backwards. I can tell you for free to break down. But you may see smoke, you know, there might be as we smoke, some few sounds here and there. But the truth is, if it goes on without intervention, it will break. It will break down if you're already married. And that's the state of many marriages today. So even before you think about how good the guy smells, I mean, this is a true thing for me, Allah. Do they smell nice? Before you think how good they smell. Or how she makes you laugh when she laughs, Yanni. There is nothing else as good as just waiting for that smile from that chick. You need to focus on the majors. Are you equally yoked? Do you have the same faith and values? Do you have the same faith and values? And let me say, don't be afraid to ask them. One of the things I do in therapy is that's a one of the journey we take with people. Do you even know what they are? Because one of the biggest things that we get caught up in relationships, and then you get married, good guys, but then you have never even known yourself, what are actually the values that I stand for? What do I believe? Who am I? You've just been raised, you're moving along. But then I, I'm like, let's discover first. Do you have the same faith and values? So if you're already married, go home and ask, do we have the same faith and values? If your spouse is not here, ask the Lord, help me to go have a conversation. If you're under, is there hope? I started by saying the Lord is a redeemer. The Lord is a redeemer. He truly is. There's nothing impossible or too difficult to God. Nothing. I really believe he can. We do believe he can. Because the word of God says he can. Even if it won't be easy. In the door course, we say, work on me, pray for them. Work on being who God wants you to be and trust God to make things beautiful in their time. Don't waste time trying to nag your person. Don't be there nagging them. Just trust the Lord. Trust the process. 2 Peter chapter 3 says, Wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husband, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Do men submit to their wives? Do men submit to their wives? A man submitted to the Lord will be submitted to their wives. Because and submission is not the same. It's just that it's different. But a man submitted to the Lord, the Lord will show them how to honor their wives, to love their wives. We just don't use the word submission on men. But what they do by loving, appreciating you, choosing you first, prioritizing you, that is them saying, I'm submitted to God, because they are submitted to God. So we are saying, what are we saying? Are you of the same faith? And are you of the same? And if you're already married, have the conversation. Trust the Lord to make it right for you. Trust the Lord to make it 
Remember, we are not talking of abusive situation, but there are nannies in Mavuno South. Hallelujah. But you might know someone. So ask for the Lord to give you wisdom when you are going to share these points. Amen. So mistake number one. They trust there. The second one, they major on there. The third one is they fail to consult wise mentors. You know, the whole story of listen to your heart, trust your instincts, also gives us the impression that we are the ones who best know what is best for us. We believe we are the only ones best suited to figure out the person who will be most suitable for us. This one is ingrained in our culture that's even difficult to convince people otherwise. Yani, we believe it true and true. I'm the only one who knows what is good for me. Despite all the heartbreaks and broken relationships around us, even in our own lives, for some of us, we somehow feel no one else has any business telling us who to have a relationship with and how to conduct said relationship. Is that a true statement? See, we have lived it. At some point, some of us, we have believed it. And we still see it. Aren't we seeing it? In people, even you, when you try to tell your younger sibling, uh, perhaps, believer hmm? is our young man dating. Then and this is, then you're like, uh, I'm telling you the truth. My mom, the first I met my ex-husband, he walked into our house, I think it's in my book, and he said, when I came back from the date, my mom told me, that's not what I want for you. I don't know him, I'm not judging him from wherever, but from what I saw, he's not for you. I said, mm, what do you know, old woman? Imagine. Foolish I. Foolish? May you not be foolish. May you not be? Yeah, single people say, may I not be foolish. But this is not always so. Back in the day, most of our culture assumed that a young person was the least qualified person to understand what qualities would make a good partner for them. And so within our cultures, parents, uncles, aunties, the whole village was involved in, in uh, finding a spouse for someone. Even some cultures, Indian cultures, had matchmaking. They were the ones who knew uh, a potential spouse. They would find one for them, how the Indians do it. They think you're compatible, but they also find out the backgrounds of the, of the person you're going to marry. In for, when I went to, uh, to school, I went to State House, Mimi, chick from Eastlands, we went to State House across the road, across the city. Eh? Hey, it was like Siju, I don't know what. People talk English throughout there when we landed. Then my desk mate was an Indian. And I remember when I, I, but they, honestly, she was my first Indian to interact with. We didn't have them in our neighborhood growing up. So there she was. And I remember asking the teacher, teacher, perhaps you give me another desk. She said, never ever, where Utakana, who you? But then she ended up being the, one of the best friends of mine in high school. She just, Samrana was just amazing. In fact, I was with her. We used to have posters of Salman Khan. You know Salman Khan? Is the, Rosie has said yes. You know Salman Khan? He's Bollywood mainstar in our times. I don't know who is the mainstar now in uh, Hollywood. But, uh, but I'm telling you those days, for Indians, so Salman Khan. Mimi nilijua Salman Khan. I used to have, she would come, we'd discuss him. Salman Khan. But in fourth form, she came with a picture. This is going to be my husband. I asked her, Allah, who is it? She said, I don't know. But my parents have said, if I carry him, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. And he came. And we, we now were zooming at a picture of a guy in London. 
London, and is a picture we are uko sneaking under the nini in class to discuss you come. This is what then have you talked yet? Not yet. Have you talked yet? Not yet. First term, second term. Have you talked yet? Not yet. Third term, you were given a phone call. They should still wait for exam. Before the exams ended, we had a wedding date. I think we went for, I went for the wedding. I went with a friend of mine who were the two blacks. Everyone else who was uh, African nature was a nanny or house manager. Were the only ones in Saris. She brought my sari from India. Wauko, I think it was Jimkana, somewhere in Parklands. She met her husband the day they were getting married. And even that day, we were in one room, the women, the men were still on there. Me, I'm like, who wants to be matchmaked? And then she moved to London, by the way, and she went to do her life over there. She was, used to lead our school. Like she was the top, one of the top, brightest, brightest, brightest person I know. You know, I'm ready for matchmaking. Parental matchmaking. People can matchmake us. But that's not what really I'm talking about. What I'm saying is that when it comes to choosing a spouse, many make the mistake of not seeking the advice of wise people who know them well. The point wasn't matchmaking. That was just a story that has worked for some. But the point is, the advice of wise people who know them, which means you have surrounded yourself with people who know you. What do your parents and your siblings think about the person that you want to date? Or even now, you have a friend who's dating. Have you voiced what you think? Are you brave enough to say it? For those who are looking for a spouse, have you thought of approaching your married friends or even your pastor to say, hey, I'm searching. Please hook me up. Me, I have. Let me even put it. And send us your list, your phone book. Fungwa phone book. We ask people to open phone book. Me, I've asked Brother Mutahi, Brother, you found a wife. You came, country came and swiped. Mutahi, haven't I asked? I have. <laughs> You're not shy. Or even saying, what are some things I need to change about me? Because someone will tell you, what do you need to change about you in order to attract the kind of person that you're hoping for? Because you ask. The people around you will help you. Do you have people speaking to your lives? Even, I know people have coaches for career. Uh, even the married ones rush to. You have parental coaching. But how about relationship? Someone who knows you. Mentorship. Hmm? One of my oldest doctors is called Professor Koigi. Has known me for over, I think since I was 21 or 20. So that's over 20 years. Many years back he told me one of the things before I introduced you to anyone. You need to be amiable. Single women. Google, amiable. That day I was very pissed with him. What do you mean amiable? I'm very amiable, but then I went and resigned and checked. Who knows what you were saying? Let me leave it there. But we need to invite and allow trusted people to speak into this area. Apart from wise people around you when you start dating, I mean, people have written books. If you're dating, read together. Even ask the married people what book worked for you, what did you enjoy? Even you who's married and you know someone is dating, don't watch them. Buy them a book. Gift them proper things. When you take them for a date, tell them, read this book, come, we discuss. Many may not be knowing they can come to you in that way. Isn't it? Be a mentor to another younger couple. 
If you've been married five years, be a mentor to another younger couple. Be a mentor. This door which we have here, which God willing will start next season as a campus, but Mavuno Movement has door. The wise man said, Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they, they succeed. In 11.14, Proverbs, he said, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is, there is victory. Now, of course, it's not every voice you should listen to. And one of the keys in testing when you're seeking mentors, are they successful in the thing that you desire? You see, if you're married, it's not all the areas of your marriage probably that is in trouble. But then you can tell, in this part, maybe we never did the right, right foundation. But we have seen another spouse that we want, another couple. <coughs> we have seen another couple that... Uh, we have seen another couple. The, oh, there was water here. Yeah. I don't know why the nausea has come. <laughs> I've seen another couple that are doing this part of their life well. They look like they're actually, you know, gotten it right. They might not have gotten everything else together. But remember your mentor, we started by saying faith and value. Thank you so much, Carol. You have seen another, another couple that you know is, uh, is, what? is doing better in what you want to grow in. Now, I'm not saying your marriage is broken. I'm just saying, have you recognized a pattern you're seeing? Even amongst us here. See, there are couples here. Come and, even if you're struggling, come and say, Pastor Jade, Pastor Angie, we are struggling in this way. Perhaps you know a couple in church, because we probably know more than you guys knowing who it is. And then you ask, can we, then we tell you, yeah, Frank and Nene can uh, mentor you. You know, they are raising three boys. Their house is quite something, but they are there. There are three boys. Visited Frank and Nene the other day. Beautiful boys. Aseli Mbuliva. The youngest son, or Frank, and Nene, looks like Bolivar. Eh? I know they are related, but I was like, Hala, damn strong. <laughs> it is true, isn't it? So you find the couple, and you decide to follow them closely so you can learn from them. Ask your neighbor, as I drink water, do you have a mentor in relationships? Do you have a mentor? Ask the other neighbor, are you ready to be a mentor? Now, if you're single and you're saying, I can't be a mentor, but you can be. You're here learning something. So you're saying, I have single people in my life. You have nephews and nieces who are in their teens. Remember I said, there's no wasted knowledge in Christ. There's no wasted what? There's no wasted knowledge in Christ. The same way we say there's no wasted experience, there's no wasted knowledge. 
in Christ. So you see, lacking wise counsel is one of the reasons many relationships fail. So seek out for wisdom. Because if you don't seek out the wisdom from other people, you're setting yourself up for major problems in the future. Truly you are. Many marriages are struggling today and are unable to overcome their challenges because they are not submitted to wise mentors. So we said what? Three things. We have said three deadly mistakes. We have started, this is a first Sunday, the first day of the series, relation slips, mistakes to avoid. We have covered three. Trust in your number one mistake, majoring on the failing to consult, failing to consult wise mentors. I know we have passed the time and I want us to stop at the three. We will continue next Sunday. But I want you to take a minute and ask yourself, which one do I feel today that I want to take an action step this week? This year we have said we are, not going, we are limitless. So limitless, and I know it was even said in the gathering, is not for sitting back, consuming and patting yourself on the back and saying, let me wait for the situation to arrive. It's being proactive, isn't it? So ask yourself, I'll give you a minute. Ask yourself, which one do I feel I'm doing badly? In those three, who do I know? If you find you, you think there's someone I need to invite to church next Sunday for this someone, there's someone I need to share my notes with next, what I've had, just think about them now. Then tell the Lord, please make them able to receive.